Well, howdy there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people who use coupons and rappers referencing Grey Poupon. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. All right, pilot boy. Adrian Guy. Uh, this game still has forty seconds left, so I am still a little bit checked out. But give me a second. <laughs> who, who is the uh, who are the teams? Oh, it's uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings, baby. Sack town in this bitch. Oh, are you really watching basketball? I just assumed it was a soccer game. No, yeah, that's why it's one twenty one to one twenty six. Oh, I thought that was a stupid joke. Nope, just me telling the truth. You know, I'm a, I'm a truther in the most Drake and Josh sense. How long until we can use that for another movement that's looking to tell the truth? How long has that been ruined by the birther people? <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't have the calculation on that off the top of my head. <laughs> I thought it was half its age plus seven, right? It's something like that. No, no, no. That's for a different thing, you dirty little dog. I know you're employing that equation all the time. <laughs> guy who's really into that but not smart enough to do the math in their head he's sitting there at the counter with the waitress he's like wait okay you're 25 (laughs) so we make an app that calculates it for people (laughs) and it actually does great we make an app that calculates it for people but the police just show up at your door as soon as you download it now that's funny Come on now. Because, uh, what am I at? I'm at 14 plus 7, which is 21. 21 seems young. I think my age limit was 21 like three years ago, not now. This equation seems a little too lenient. I mean, I don't know who invented it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a pervert. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think the guy about? thinking through this equation was like a cool dude who knew boundaries. Is that something that you learned on the schoolyard, or is that something that, like, from an episode of Friends? I think I learned that one on the schoolyard. Yeah. Right? Like, somebody said it at school. I. I you know what? This has been lost to time, Adrian, when I learned this. Historians are still looking through the, uh, they're still you digging through the dirt for that one. need an archaeologist to figure this out, yeah. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Hold on, last ten seconds of the game. Last five. He's got to shoot now. He's got to shoot. So you're into basketball now. That's interesting. Goddamn. All the way to the end. I thought competitive bowling was going to be your new vice, not basketball. Uh, no, I've, uh, I've long maintained that, cause you know, I think we've talked about this before about how my dad used to get tickets through his work. And, uh, when we went to go watch like a football game, we left like the first quarter cause I was so bored, but like the basketball game was the one where I was like, oh, that was really fun to watch. And like, if I were to get into a second sport, like that would probably be the one hockey was also pretty good. Also, I feel like you already have a head start on knowing some like the history through hip hop, you know? Like, I'm sure you know all the stuff. Oh, I thought you name. meant because of our elementary school training where they taught us about how they used to use the apple baskets or whatever. And you know, that's why it was called like apple ball or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, yeah. And then it and was you used like, to have to have a ladder to like actually go get the ball because they didn't figure out that you should put it like with a hole in it. So the ball goes down. Why was that so ubiquitous? And that was like an interesting story to teach kids, because I do remember having that reinforced that they had to have a ladder by multiple teachers. Yeah. Like this wasn't the schoolyard. <laughs> this was the education system, making sure I understood the early history of basketball. Yeah. yeah. Why was that seen as crucial to my development? <laughs> I don't know. They're really big on it at Lake Murray <laughs> Elementary. I'll tell you what. And then it was always thought to me that, like, it became a popular sport because the football coach didn't want them to, a high school football coach didn't want his athletes to get weak during the off season. So when it was too oh, cold to be outside, it was like, come inside and play basketball. This burgeoning sport, it'll keep you athletic. Also, I think basketball movies are my favorite sport movie, second to soccer. So I think that was another reason why I was primed to be a fan of it. Yeah. A little Coach Carter, kill me. A little bit of Glory like Road. Mike. Like, you know, actually not as big on those. That's, I was actually the first uh, Glory Road and... Uh, I don't know Glory Road. or Coach That's the Carter. one where it's like when they first integrate uh, black uh, students into college basketball or professional basketball. I can't remember which. 
And then Coach Carter is Samuel L. Jackson teaching underprivileged youths how to be good students and good uh, athletes. I don't know what Coach Carter is, but I have to assume it's what the like South Park episode about Stan teaching the kids must be about. It just sounds like that sort that's, of movie. That's the one where he like makes the kids do way more like conditioning and stuff like that. And then when the kid quits the team and then comes back, he has to do it while like quoting the Roosevelt quote about like the only thing I have to fear is that I am greater than I could ever do whatever I can remember. <laughs> it's very inspirational. I cry during that scene every time. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I I still, like, I think you made fun of me for talking about how much I like Friday Night Lights. Man, you should get on that. I feel like you would love that show. I don't know about footballing. Ah, dude, it's so inspirational. But is it as inspirational as watching the last rap battle from 8 Mile while you're drunk? (laughs) Why that reference? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's inspirational. I mean, it is inspirational. I mean, come on, dude. He was he was being beat down on so much through that whole movie, and he finally had his chance to go up there. That might be one of my biggest uh, blind spots is that I haven't watched 8 Mile yet. <laughs> I haven't watched the whole movie in a long time. I'm trying to watch 1 through 7 Mile first. You'd be so mean to me if I made that joke, but okay. You gotta be a silly Billy. (laughs) I am feeling like a silly Billy. I loved it, but I just wanted you to see what it was like when you do it to me. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm always generous. (laughs) Did you end up listening to the episode of... Media Roundup might be starting a little early, but the episode of Comedy Bang Bang with the... uh, The, With the Australians? With the Australians. Silly Wish Boy? Auntie Donna? Okay, yeah, when you call me silly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was very funny i did it like is, that quite a bit it is one of those meta characters that's only funny because of what a bad <laughs> character it is that annoys everybody else <laughs> that, like it's and then, not yeah, the, the uh, character itself that makes you laugh it's the vibe around yeah <laughs> how it, i thought all three characters is. were hilarious the clearly american guy <laughs> Um, Swiwi Boy, and then Swilly Australian boy. Dad on vacation didn't get a lot of love, but because I know that Hannibal Burris bit, it just cracked me up so hard. The Australian Dad one just didn't seem like a character for a comedy show. It seemed too accurate. I was like, oh yeah, that is how that guy would be. I didn't even know that, like, I don't have any personal attachment to that besides Hannibal Burris's bit about how he met Australians on vacation. He was like, yeah, we're going to Boston, then we're going to Los Angeles, then we're going to Seattle. And he's like, and what do you do? You're like a minimum wage job in Australia? <laughs> I didn't know that animal bit, but that's funny. Oh, yeah, that's I think it's from Live in Chicago, but yeah, that's that's why that uh, bit cracked me up. He was like, yeah, we're in New York, and you go to Boston, probably gonna go to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, that episode was, I don't know, a delight throughout. I really liked the riffing off top. Uh, the yeah. boys yeah, I think it really uh, exemplifies something that this pod might be lacking, which is a third Trident member. Ooh, yeah. Which one of the current Auntie Donna team are me and you? Because I don't know them by name, so it's up oh, to you I'm to definitely Zach. This. You're more of a Broden, and we need a, uh... Or no, I'm a Mark. You're a Broden. We need a Zach. Can, which one is the one with the beard? I hope I'm the one who's with the beard. I think at least two of them have beards. The one who kind of looks like he's Arab with a beard. He kind of looks like That's he Zach. has a Muslim beard. Okay. Yeah, you, was I, I said you were Broden. No. Damn. Yeah. Sorry, bro. That's your vibe, though. Maybe if we brought Phil in, he would be more Broden and you'd get Zach by default, but it wouldn't be like an earned thing. It'd be like a, you know, we don't know where to put you. (laughs) (laughs) And you said earlier that I was mean to you. (laughs) But coach, I want to be Zach. Look, you got to do what's right for the team. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a team sport. And you need to realize you're not a Zach. You're not tall enough. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why we're putting you in as point guard. Uh, any other media roundup besides uh, rounding up one of the most popular comedy podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically that episode. They put out a lot of episodes. I could see people, and they're long, I could see people skipping some comedy bang bang episodes and just listening to the ones where they know the star or they know the person. It's it's routine for me at this point. That's why I get through all of them. I get for you, Adrian. I'm just saying I think some people might might filter it like i do with other podcasts based on the guest if and i you need to interest. let them know this one's a bangaruno this one's a bangaruno quit this podcast right now go listen to auntie donna uh oh i finally mo- watched uh i've never seen the uh tom hanks movie that thing you do and it rocked good flick oh okay cool check it out it's like one of those feel-good movies you could watch it with anybody anywhere and i think it'd be a hit with basically everybody what do you give them that 
I think I gave it a four star on Letterboxd, but maybe a three and a half. Definitely one of those two. Can you convert that to a 10 scale? Yeah, double it. So, oh, okay. uh, oh my god, I can't do this math. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I thought it was double it and then add seven. <laughs> and then subtract 20 because you know Adrian's a damn dirty dog. Mm-hmm. But that's it for my media roundup. What's up, uh, what's up with you? Uh, I think this happened on Tuesday, yeah. So since we last uh, convened for the pod, uh, my beautiful Milan not only swept Lecce today to zero in the league, but we made it to the Champions League semifinal, uh, where we will be doing a little uh, Derby de la Madonina for the semifinal against Inter, uh, which is uh, pretty exciting. Should be fun. Uh, I think we have a pretty clear path to the final, so it's kind of interesting. Who knows? I did not expect this to happen, to be honest, so I don't really know how to react, uh, but it's it's banging. Is Italian different than Spanish in that way, where leche doesn't mean milk, or are they a town named after milk? Uh, that is one of those things where leche is two C's that makes that sound, not a C-H, like, uh, in, in Spanish. Gotcha. So I don't know what it means. Um... Seems like maybe it could be like an early form of the name, like Luca, like Luca. Like I'm not an etymologist, okay? I'm not yeah. either. I'm doing the fun type of history and etymology where you just kind of guess <laughs> at vibes and decide what's right. Basically, what every uh, evolutionary psychologist does. Yeah, I had a student on Tuesday who did that, where she was like, "How did you decide to become an eta enta?" And I was like, "Eta's word, entomologist is bugs." And she was like, "Yeah, that one." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also want to shout out, uh, I know they're canceled, but they have some good series still, uh, Bon Appetit on the line, really fun series that I love to watch. They just released a new one this week. Uh, they basically just follow a head chef in a day in their lives. And it's really interesting. Uh, and it's one of those things where, um, it's all like super fancy restaurants. So like part of it is for like me is it gives me this dual thing of like, I should be more appreciative of when I go to a restaurant and like how hard it is to do that. But also, I don't think this is how the five guys that I'm going to is being run, you know? Like, I don't know if the care and craft that I'm seeing here necessarily needs makes, makes me need to appreciate every restaurant more. But it is really cool just to see how they actually function. Uh, okay, a couple more things. I went to go see Climax at the uh, Art House Theater in Sacramento. Uh, have you watched that, Paul? No. I think like a 9 out of 10. It was a bangaruno. It was bangaruno. Uh, definitely really fun to watch in a little movie theater. And yeah, honestly... Um, I don't know if it's like, I don't know. It's a little too early to tell, but that might be like a like a top ten, top twenty type movie. That was a that was really really good. It was Gaspar Noé, the guy who did uh, Enter the Void, which everyone kept recommending. Oh, I like, hate Enter you... the Void so much. That's probably why I've avoided. Is Climax a movie where they're all dancing in a room yeah. together? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. I haven't seen it yet. I've thought about it. I hated Enter the Void so much that I well, just kind of I was going to say, people it. keep saying if you like Enter the Void, you should, or if you like Climax, you should watch Enter the Void. And because of the unique relationship I have with that movie, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a space to watch that movie again. So I, I don't know. I don't know if maybe I'll it's try one of those It's funny how movies. we both in separate occasions had that movie ruined for us by one person who. Oh, really? You had that yeah. same experience? Yeah, yeah. I had that same experience with that same person. Oh, with the um, same person, Hunter, right? Oh, I mean, Hunter didn't ruin it for me. It was the guy who f- oh, yeah, lost yeah, his yeah. ego and but freaked out. I feel like Hunter, after he ruined it for me, should have known not to play it for people. Uh, yeah, ain't that the way it goes? Apparently, he has another one that's also uh, highly recommended. That's also supposed to be uh, pretty uh, rough. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then the last thing was, I went to the library yesterday. Uh, and shout out to public funding for services. We love our libraries. I, I see where you were going with this one, Adrian. Exactly. Uh, I went there to counter protest a uh, noted transphobe who I followed for quite a while. And uh, it was um, interesting. It, it was I, I didn't realize until halfway through that, like, the people who I knew who I joined right when you, like, entered the library uh, that wasn't the main counter-protest. The counter-protest was actually, actually like, at the entrance of the library. So it was, like, 30 or 45 minutes before I realized, like, oh, that's where everybody is. Like, that's It's not as sad-looking as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, I was just sitting there, like, hanging out with my friend Case for, like, 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, it was fine. We got some honks for support. Um, people, like, multiple news outlets came to, like, photograph us. And then the people who were running the event came out to, like, videotape us or whatever, which was annoying. You know, they're trying to intimidate us. Um, you might be able what, to what? find my picture pl- blasted on some like right wing <laughs> thing on Twitter right hey, now. You do have dyed hair. I yeah. am gonna, I am gonna start googling for uh woke libtard with blonde streak. And <laughs> see if I, I don't can know find how you. mad it makes me that they call me a lib. Don't even care about the second part of it. 
how many degrees of separation are you in the scientific community from this guy, right? Like, he did something similar. I published with his advisor. You published? Or no, I almost did. I I took his advisor off my paper. Colin something? What's his name? Colin? You know, ironically, Colin Wright. (laughs) Wait, ironically because he's wrong or ironically because he went right wing? Oh, okay. Oh, both. Actually, that's good. That's a double entendre. (laughs) Man, there's levels to it. That's what I'm saying. Well, oh, that's not irony because you would expect somebody with the name Wright to be right wing. Hmm. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to bring in from it, though, that was most notable um, was there was a lady there who's a, a, a woman about town because she runs a bakery that uh, comes to the farmer's market. But she's one of those ladies that, like, brings her dog with her everywhere. So her dog was there with her. And I don't know how often this happens to you, Paul, but it happens to me pretty frequently where if there's a dog in a space, they will take a liking to me. And it's one of those things where the owner's always like, oh, looks like she picked you. Looks like you're the one for today. And so like, she's like laying on my feet. She's like going in between my legs and she's like, oh, she's doing all of her protective behavior. She's trying to protect you. (laughs) And like, I'm just there like, I don't really know. This isn't a good time for me to tell this lady that I'm not super jazzed about this. Like, I thought it was a cute enough dog. I didn't hate the dog, but like, I've literally been in situations where someone's like, oh, my dog chose you. It's laying on your feet. You can't leave now. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, and Adrian picks know. it up and he's like, it's my dog now and I'm selling it to the cattle. <laughs> Does that happen to you? It's it's one of those no. things where it happens to me weirdly often. I think you're uh, much more lovable and open in your vibe. And I mean, until, of course, they get to know you. And then yeah. they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, dog, you don't understand. One year into our relationship, you'll fucking hate me. Um, that guy you're talking about, Colin, right? Remember what, listening to the Joe Rogan interview and it cracked me up so yeah. much. Uh, the, uh, the best part of it was definitely the part where they were disproving. Did you finish it? Because I only got like 45 minutes in. I might have finished it. I don't remember. But they were disproving trans ideology by going, well, if somebody who's born female, assigned female at birth, decides. Is this the Kate Upton thing? I can't remember. But it was like, if somebody's assigned female at birth and then says that they're a man it would mean that i was gay for being attracted to yeah, them and because I clearly, you would be gay for because so people on twitter were saying yeah you'd be gay if kate upton identified as uh as male <laughs> and it's so funny like it really peeled back all the layers of transphobia to like just the core insecurity about their own egos That's like it was like thing, really right? telling on themselves they were like well clearly i couldn't be gay i couldn't be gay but <laughs> That's what really got to me, too, because I remember talking to a friend of mine about that podcast episode and being like, for all of the yelling that they do about liberals being so concerned about their labels, it's so clear how attached they are to the label of straight, white, and male. Yeah, I know. It really cracked me up. It was like one of those real, like, oh, they don't kind of realize what they're telling on themselves right now, like all the insecurities seeping through. Yeah, fucking dweeb, dude. I hate that, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's a moron. Did you, like, Moms for Liberty hosted it, the uh, group that wants Galileo banned from schools, and his whole yeah. thing is he's a no, science guy? No, they just guy. want there to be a Christian perspective on it as well. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. If, if you teach Galileo, you have to teach the Christian angle to mm-hmm. Galileo. And this is uh, the guy who pitches himself as a science guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. What can you do with these bigots? What can you do? <laughs> Not give them space at the library. I, he- I heard there was a rumor that because of the... Uh, amount of backlash that they got the or the libraries changing their policy on who's allowed to host events there so mm. hopefully that'll be good i don't know i know there's always going to be leftists who are always like oh censorship is good it's always going to be come back around us so we can't let people censor the right wing and it's like i don't know maybe we just should <laughs> anyways that's it for me what's uh any other stories or kooky things that happened to you this week yeah that's it for uh media roundup do you want to get into columns uh oh we should get into the theme first right Oh, yeah, sorry, I meant theme. This is only episode 175. <laughs> it's good that you finally get in the rhythm of it. Uh, okay, the theme. Coupons. Coupons? Coupons. I feel really self-conscious about the way I'm saying it now that we had that conversation about how you should pronounce it. Coupons? Coupon. Okay, yeah, Paul, what are your... Uh, I know that, you know, you're not exactly a broke boy like me, so I, I doubt you're uh, clipping through the coops, but... What's no, not really. Do you have a coupon, mom? Yeah, I did have a coupon, mom, and uh, it was famous in my family that it was embarrassing to shop with my mom because she would, uh, mm. she would argue. Oh, over. so it was specifically like a your mom thing, not like a all of your aunts and uncles, or? Well, I don't think they have them in Lebanon, though. But yeah, I think my family wasn't doing as well back then. So my mom stopped clipping coupons around the time I hit high school. Hmm. That's when you knew you made it when you guys were paying full price for everything. Yeah. What my mom was apparently like 
for me, I never really cared so much about the, uh, like, I never really clocked the fact that we weren't drinking uh, name brand soda, but apparently that was like a big deal for my brother that we had the fake cola and not Coca-Cola at the house. Oh, yeah, that that it was because of the taste or because of like the, you know, like the, the lifestyle. I have no idea. It never I never clocked it. But apparently like, mm-hmm. my brothers mentioned it recently and I was like, we we had to, we didn't have the name brand. Like I just didn't remember that we didn't have the name brand. I was like, okay, I guess. I don't remember of us doing that a lot. Cause one of those things where I mean, you gotta get a coca cero with your with your with your meal, you know what I mean? Like that's that's on <laughs> you, 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 you say it by name. It's gotta be the Coke Zero. Coca Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh but I've never really been a big coupon person, coupon person. But I've never been a Groupon person either, which is more like our generation's version. That's for like um, events, right? You don't use that for like everyday items. No, some people do. Well, not everyday items, but like for dinners. And that's kind of a coupon. Like spend uh, okay. $20, get $30 off. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, I know for things like Carowinds, you can get Groupons. Or I guess you're right. It's like for one-time activities, but it's not like... it's Yeah, it's like for a, a haircut coupon. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... But that's that's still a coupon, digital coupons. I, I mean, do you ever Google coupon code for this website when you're checking out and you're like, maybe I could save a little right here? Oh, you don't you don't use Honey? Oh yeah, that add-on I do actually. I've, it's oh, I actually never don't. really worked. Yeah, I, I I prefer to just Google it, and yeah. it's worked for me in the past for especially for like a pizza or something like that where they're kind of just always like available. Some deal. Yeah. yeah, they're always doing some kind of scheme over there at Domino's. <laughs> Honestly, what you see happening behind the counter when you walk into a Domino's, that's all an LCD screen. There's really just a table mm-hmm. of guys sitting there coming up with new coupon ideas. What I love is my is when they're like, okay, okay, we're going to give you 75% off this pizza, however many toppings you want, but we're not bringing it to you. You got to pick it up, Buster, okay? So if you, you got to put in your effort <laughs> if, you wanna, if you want this deal. <laughs> Are we counting meal deals on this too? Like a Burger King like two for six thing? Or is that is that more of a deal and not a coupon? You know what? I don't consider myself the Judge Steve Harvey of this show, but like I Wendy's will make, four for four. I will make a ruling on this and say no, that doesn't count as a coupon. Okay, so it's got to be. I guess part of it is that you have to present something, right? How about vouchers? Are those coupons? Because that really plays into my article. Vouchers and passes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna do anything that might be a little bit embarrassing to bring out during a first date counts as a coupon. <laughs> Yeah, which I really wanted to find an article about somebody using a coupon or Groupon on a first date. And the mm-hmm. only one I could find was for an audio podcast slate's uh, audio advice column, which is so unexpected. It seems like a classic situation in my mind. You think there'd be like an old, like, an old, like, uh, Ask Abby about whether or not you should do that. Mm. And maybe there is from like the print days. I mean, not everything's made it online. Yeah, maybe. Have you ever done that? No. But you know I'm making the girl pay on a first date. Come on, Adrian. <laughs> hey, come on now. Do you, wait, well, this is getting into a different... I think first dates is a whole different topic, but... Yeah, that's a good theme. Yeah, we should do that next time. You, you want to quit and just do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, delete all of this. Uh, it, Okay, yeah. So then I won't ask you about that. We'll save that for later. Um, Okay. I forgot to mention this. I always save the like little mail flyers that you get with the... uh fast food coupons and i get made fun of by everybody in my life for that because it is kind of gross to admit i eat fast food like that and mm. at the same time i guess it just seems like cheap i use them all the fucking time dude those deals are seems very smart good. to me it is one of those things where you told me before about like oh yeah i got like popeyes yesterday and this is what i got and i was like that's a lot of food <laughs> <laughs> you're like you must be using the coupon or something <laughs> uh one time my uh friend and i got in my car and she opened the uh she opened the, not the glove compartment, but, you know, like the little... The top uh, thing? Yeah, the thing yeah. Uh, that's right next to your arm in the passenger seat. And saw all my clipped f- fast food coupons. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my goddamn life. Ooh. <laughs> it made me feel like such trash. I'm joking. It was it was played in good spirits, but I did feel oh, okay. like trash. <laughs> and this isn't the person who you called poor for uh, drinking bubbly? Wow, you have a great memory. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How does she feel about that? <laughs> you know what? She didn't make the connection that. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> that she should have called me poor. 
<laughs> no war but class war i'll tell you what <laughs> she hated that so much every time i would walk by her desk and she was drinking completely would just start roasting her like ooh, couldn't avoid afford lacroix this week you need <laughs> if you need help just ask anna just you can just ask if you need help no cap how good were you at french when you were in high school I was very bad at French in high school, according to my parents, and I feel like it can't be true. How could I not retain it? I was on my way to fluency when I was a child living there, but really? I, don't, I didn't retain any. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. I think even at my best, my Spanish was very mediocre still. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could notice when we were in Cuba, but I was struggling. <laughs> yeah. And when I was trying to tell the guy we wanted to go to the zoo, it took me like 10 times. Do you remember that? Uh, take us to the place with the animals and they're like you know I, at a certain point i thought about like yeah about like tra- translating it to like animal park but instead i kept trying to say zoologico and he couldn't understand me it's take a hard word to, to say in spanish there's a lot of o's take me to the sad animal place el parque que los animales son tristes <laughs> y el mono bailando <laughs> where the monkeys dance <laughs> Do you remember that? When people cheered on the monkey that was dancing in its cage? <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. That thing was fun. That was a fun thing, man. Yeah, people were giving cheese puffs to the hippo. <laughs> that can't be AZA accredited. <laughs> uh, and we didn't use a coupon when we went there. <laughs> do, do you want to jump into columns? When you use your fast food coupons, are you ever with anybody or is it so you don't you don't are you try to be discreet or is it like one of those like proud like, hey, I got a coupon. Don't forget it. I got to present it before I make the purchase. No, but mostly because I don't take people with me to get fast food. Fast food's like that's a more of a loan thing. I guess it was more in early college where like someone would round up everybody who's drunk to go get fast food. But now it's like, yeah, it's like a, I just don't have time to eat and I'm going to pick somewhere random to go get some food. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, do you want to do my call? Yeah. All right. So we're both taken from Slate this week, but I'm going to be doing from their pay dirt column, uh, obviously about the Ching, the Benjamins, the Dallas. Uh, shout out to my trivia team that missed a question about the uh, highest currently circulated denomination with a president on it. Uh, we thought it was Andrew Jackson. Uh, and I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a Simpsons bit about like the one million dollar bill or whatever, but turned out to be uh, Ulysses S. Grant on the 50. Wait, we don't make hundreds anymore? Benjamin Franklin, the president. Oh, I didn't really think about that. When you think about it. I know he was the president of like being a dirty little dog. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Come on now. Ulysses S. Grant is on our 50. I didn't even know that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to him. Uh, pay dirt. My husband always brags about his quote unquote cheap Christmas gifts. He loves bargain hunting. Advice by Athena Valentine, December 24th, 2022. Little Christmas Eve column. Dear pay dirt, my spouse, 29 male, and I, 31 female, someone's robbing the cradle. Am I right? Come on now. That yeah, can't that be is for age plus seven. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> Have been together. Ooh, sorry, I'm distracted by the Cracker Barrel ad that's on the side that's showing a lot of fried chicken. It looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, I would love to be at Cracker Barrel right now. <laughs> Can I we take love... a little break from the pod? Have you ever seen, I was remember like, who was it that I was with where we were talking about at Cracker Barrel, she or he was confused about the fact that they have stars on their apron. Um, and we were trying to figure out what it meant because it was like a very Dr. Seuss, like how does this not just enforce a hierarchy? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just how many biscuits they can fit in their mouth. <laughs> looking at these people <laughs> um okay the the cracker barrel ad is now gone <laughs> false alarm uh we both grew up well below the poverty line and while we're not rich now we're quite comfortable financially our finances aren't fully merged we split responsibility for bills agree to save a certain amount and otherwise have spending money on our own but we have very different philosophies toward discretionary spending He loves bargain hunting, waiting for the perfect sale, and finding every possible coupon. Whereas, I like supporting small businesses and often don't shy away from paying near full price. Normally, this isn't a big deal, but it becomes a problem with my gifts. Last year, I saved up for months to buy something expensive for his hobby that he'd been wanting for years, and within hours of opening it, he asked if he could return it and exchange it for something else because it hadn't been on a good enough sale. On the flip side, he's an amazing gift giver, but he always loves to brag about how little he spent on the presents, which makes me feel kind of bummed. 
I'm feeling a bit bitter about how I treasure his presence, but he rejects mine. I almost feel like putting a moratorium on gifts altogether. How can I reconcile, or at least come to terms with, these differences, ideally before Christmas morning? Not Ugh. willingly, a Grinch. Dude, this bores me so much. Ah, uh, come on, Paul, play the game. This is the exact type of relationship tedium that's just like... Neither's really completely in the wrong. He's kind of being annoying, but also, like, he's not trying to disrespect her. He's just something inside of him, like, steals that. It's like, but it sucks that he's up too much of a dumbo to realize how rude it's coming off. Like, did I, don't did know, I tell so you about, boring. Did I tell you about the time that, uh,. I, uh, someone I was with called me out for uh, trying to be too enthusiastic about a deal I got. No, what's that? I was wearing a giraffe onesie that I got at a flea market in Sacramento for $2 for a Halloween party or something, because I used it as a very lazy Halloween costume. And I kept telling everybody who like commented on the costume, I was like, yeah, I found it at a thrift store for $2. Isn't that awesome? And at a certain point, the person I was with that night was like, it's not that crazy that you found a onesie for $2. I was like, that's a good price. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's that's a good price. That I hate is, when people do that. Price. Like, shut the fuck up. Let me talk about who is he protecting? He's like, oh, these people are tired are here again no he was angry he didn't get a one thing for two dollars <laughs> and he was lashing so out mad. at you <laughs> they're, they're, everyone secretly <laughs> is so angry at you adrian because you're talking about how what a good deal you got on that one i know well, who was he protecting it for what reason he was trying to make you feel bad for no reason fuck that guy piece of shit okay so you agree it is a little bit well i don't know this is different because it's something that you're giving to your your uh your beloved yeah, no, I, 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 maybe I'm being a little forgiving to him because I agree with you. I do also enjoy getting a good deal and discussing the fact I got a good deal. Uh, yesterday, I don't do it to the person who's getting the gift, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I wouldn't get somebody a gift as a deal, you know, like, unless it was, like, something that they obviously really like. I wouldn't want it to be seen mm. as me, like, just trying to cheap out on them by going to the thrift store or something. But yesterday, I was at an antique shop. And I found a old hand mixer from like the seventies. It's like avocado green. Oh, it looks crankers? so old. No, it electric, like an early uh. electric one, like maybe eighties, nineties, or something. I don't know when it's from, but it looks really old. But it's it said still working on it. It was twelve bucks, and I was like, "This is so great! I need a hand mixer." And I think I mentioned to multiple people, like, "Can you believe it? I would have gone to Target and spent twenty bucks for." A brand new one that would break in a year. This is one that's lasted since back then. It's never going to break on me. I got it for 12 bucks. I was so deal. happy. I was, yeah, I called my sister and told her about it. I, I was psyched. <laughs> and what did people say besides when you called Phil and he said, Mixer, I barely know her. <laughs> I think people were happy for me, but I didn't have a hater in my life like you did at that party. Mm, uh, well, that's why you got to get rid of him. Don't have him in my life anymore. Uh, have a mature talk with him. Can we can we fall back on that old reliable? You're not gonna say like be sympathetic to the fact that you guys both grew up poor and he just uh took on more of the uh characteristics of that and than than you did? No, it's it's legitimately very hurtful for him to want to return a gift you got him because he thinks he can get a better deal. Oh, yeah, that was really annoying. That's that might have been the line for me, because you know, you can do the like, just don't talk to me about how good of a deal you got on the present was, you know, if that if that's a big part of your ego stroke and do that with someone else, but Wanting to return a gift that she gave you is pretty shitty. Yeah, that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Also, why'd you tell him the price? That's also another mistake. Like, let him imagine you got a good deal on it. Oh, is that part of it, too, is you have to also start bragging about how cheap you got his gifts? No, but you, you don't have like, to. Uh, why I, did, I why, got what, this what, Toyota what? 4Runner for zero dollars. <laughs> I stole it. I got the best deal you could possibly get. <laughs> I told I told the owner of the Toyota dealership that it was haunted. And he was like, how would you know that you're the customer? That, <laughs> <laughs> but he was still too scared to keep it around. Yeah, I mean. All you get your husband from now on is like hotel soaps and stuff. <laughs> you can't believe the deal I got on this. Did you want to say something about the strategy of just putting a moratorium on gifts? Seems like if he doesn't know he's being annoying about this, that might be a wrong first step. That seems too aggressive. You don't want to overplay your hand. You need to talk about it first. Give him a chance to fix his gift-giving habits, and then you do a moratorium if he can't. Alright, cool. Seems reasonable to me. Or leave him. Dump him, honey. Always an option. Stop living an incredibly boring life where this is a problem.
Withhold sex. Withhold sex. I had a conversation with a friend recently about people who brag about their shopping and how much they spent. She suggested it may be because growing up they didn't have much, and now they want everyone to know as an adult that they now do. Your husband is doing the opposite of that. It sounds like despite you both having a similar upbringing, you each process the situation differently. While I'm not a psychologist, the idea of your husband suffering from chromatophobia may be worth looking into. Chromatophobia is described as irrational fear of spending money. It presents itself in different ways, such as somebody only buying the cheapest items available, refusing to spend money despite their daily life being affected negatively, and the automatic habit of finding ways to spend the least amount of money possible. It doesn't excuse him for taking the wind out of your sails when it comes to gift giving, but it may explain the reasoning behind why he wanted to take the gift back to get a discount somewhere else. Look at it as a self-soothing technique and try to understand where this behavior is coming from. Take a deep breath and explain to your partner that, Though you understand and even respect his shopping skills, your shopping approach is a bit different, and while he may not have realized it, the situation was actually very hurtful to you. Share that while he may not see it, you are also being responsible with your shopping, and the situation is making you want to not give gifts altogether. With an example of a consequence stemming from his extreme behavior, he may be able to realize he needs to tone it down. It might also be a good idea to have a check-in with a couples therapist that specializes in finances if he continues to act this way. Man, boring answer. Yeah. As boring as the question in the question asker's life. She did hit a lot of the stuff I was saying where that you have to take into account their uh their growing up experiences, but uh she's not a psychologist, but she diagnosed him with an actual phobia, which I don't know if are phobias still clinically diagnosed or is that something where like people just decide for themselves? I don't know what is and isn't in the DSM five you know, I've never read that book. The only things I know about it are fun facts other people tell me about what is and isn't in it. I mean, the movie's better. <laughs> Sex in the City too. No cap. I do remember one time in uh, middle school, I came home from school once, and I told my mom about how I felt bad about the glasses that I had, because someone was able to pick out the fact that they were frames from the Walmart optometrist store or whatever, and my mom was like, those were expensive. <laughs> she, was like, she was immediately just like, I paid a lot for those. <laughs> Don't feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was like my how, uh, episode of atlanta where the guy's wearing the fake jersey <laughs> i feel like you i don't know i would have never told my mom about that i i, I like that image of little adrian be like mama the, the boy at school was bullying me yeah i told my mom everything oh i'd have been like mom as you know i'm still the coolest jock around she's like that's my boy come on <laughs> <poly> boy <laughs> all right you want to get into my call uh, yeah, let's do it. I brought in Slate as well, Adrian, Dear Karen Feeding. Uh, I'm just going to jump into this one. All right. 11 years ago, my husband and I started fostering a sister and brother, Taylor and Martin, and we adopted them a year later. Our daughter was five and our son was an infant, but now they are 16 and 11 and are smart, kind, and mostly well-behaved kids. My husband and I are white and they are black. But we've done our best to have honest, age-appropriate discussions on race, our privilege, and how messed up the systematic oppression and racism in our country is. I thought we had done an okay job until yesterday. Taylor asked us after dinner if she could talk to us in private and showed us screenshots a friend had sent her. Apparently Martin had been selling N-word passes to kids at his middle school for 20 to $50. <laughs> That's not bad. It's a good price. If we're talking price here. They should only get one pass per, like, it's not, that that can't be a pass for a whole week or anything. You get to say it once. Oh, no, that's, that's single use, yeah. Yeah, yeah, single use. It's been going on for weeks, and he had offered it to Taylor's friend's sister, who screenshotted it and sent it to Taylor. They go to diverse schools for our area, but there are still a lot of white, non-black kids there. Taylor told us the kids have been sending Martin money via Venmo, and she thinks he's made almost $1,000. My husband and I are shocked and angry, and we don't know what to do. Martin's actions must have made his fellow black classmates upset and uncomfortable, and I feel like a horrible mother in person. I thought we did a good job, but we must have done something wrong. We need to give him consequences, but I don't know how extreme to go. Right now, I'm leaning towards taking away device privileges for a long, long time and confiscating the money. What? Oh, <laughs> if you were a white person profiting from someone selling N-word passes, that is crazy. 
clearly they do not understand the systemic oppression. Well, well, Adrian, she would donate it to the NAACP, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else can or should we do? How do we confront him about this and apologize and tell other parents? Those kids have got to be like, the black kids that are offended are just like, raised by a white woman. What can I say? <laughs> raised by a white daddy, raised by a white mama. That's what happens. This She seems to be really judging her own son so harshly. What he's doing is wrong. Like, he's a 14-year-old black kid. Your son didn't create racism. Like, back off for a second. Mm-hmm. Leave him alone. Like, he's doing something he thinks is stupid and make funny to make some money. Put a kibosh on it, but Jesus Christ. Don't make him feel like a monster for doing a funny joke and getting some money off of some of his dumb friends. Dude, he, he's, uh... Wait, hold on. When was this published? Dude, 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 dude. 2020. How much does a thousand dollars get you in 2020 as a kid? What would he have wanted? A PS5? Probably video games, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good number of games. What do you What do you think? 20 to 50 is a variable range. What do you think he's? What, what do you think the how algorithm racist is here? the kid are, is already? I was gonna say like how cool they are. <laughs> it was like you got you got a proximity to blackness, my brother. I feel that, but maybe like it's different for like Indian kids because you know they want to say it the most. So I would charge them uh, the highest rate. Those hip hoppy Indian kids, yeah, the hip hop style Indian kids, the frat style Indian kids. Mm-hmm. They're clearly going to pay a higher rate, and they definitely have the money, right? Because they come from rich families. Yeah, all like yeah. Whereas, like, I don't think a Native American kid wants to say that Edward. If you're going to get them to buy one of those passes, you have to put set it real low because they're they're not scrambling for it. Mm-hmm. You got to give them a coupon. Yeah. Try one free, get them hooked. Well, I thought of these as a sort of coupon. A coupon to not get the shit beat out of you. Basically, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, right? That's the idea. You say it, and somebody gets upset at you, and you pull out your phone, and you show them the Venmo transaction, and you're like, I have permission. Has Tyler, the creator, said in interviews whether or not he regrets talking about giving Lucas the uh, N-word pass? (laughs) I don't know if he's discussed it. It's not a big deal. I mean, he was a kid when he did it, but, like, I don't know. Going back to serious mode instead of jokes. Why is this mom so upset? Like, this language she's using to describe her own son as, like, almost, like, a predatory person. Or, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Just seems, like, way too much. Do, you, do we have anyone like this in our school? Do we have, like, some uh, entrepreneurs? Not, like, this specific thing, but, like, someone who sold candy or something like that? We had drug dealers. Are you asking if we had drug dealers? We did have drug dealers. No, that's, I think I told you before, that was Marilyn Manson's big thing is like, he was like, I went to a Catholic school and we didn't have, we weren't allowed to have candy, but I sold candy like under the table to kids or whatever. I think all that sounds like cute stories. It doesn't really happen. Most elementary school kids are not a uh, talented salespeople. Mm, that's true. Man, one of the hazards of adopting black children is a, is a white couple. I, we've had a column like this before, which was like, uh, yeah, I, I heard my son's friend saying the N-word, like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And it seems like a pretty common problem because I'm, I can't remember who it was, but I remember listening to a Breakfast Club interview once where one of the rappers was talking about having this problem. I want to say it was like somebody like T.I., like in that vein mm-hmm. of like Southern hip hop. Mm-hmm. And it was a rapper talking about their son's white friends saying the N-word and like, so, seems like a common problem. They love saying it, man. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. White people, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they explicitly say middle school. I guess that was a tip-off. Do you have any advice, Adrian, for this parent? They go to diverse schools for our area, but there are still a lot of non, a lot of white non-black kids there. <laughs> Why has he made so much money? Nobody else at his school was like, wait, I could cut his prices by 5% and people would just buy it. Like, no other black kid is trying mm. this. You see, that's solidarity right there. These other kids are, they know that he has more power alone than if they all competed. I think they wouldn't, they wouldn't get along with that foolishness. I don't know. The other black kids? Mm Mm-hmm. You really think other kids at the school don't want to make money? In that way, no. You think these are all principled young 11-year-olds? Do I have advice for these parents? Um, I mean, why stop him? Try and see what his teacher's trying to do. (laughs) Why does this kid have a Venmo set up? You gave him a credit card or a or a debit card to set up a Venmo. It's kind of partially on you. That is true. I would do a um, Boldy James's grandma. You know, it's either cut me in or cut it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need a piece of the pie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
Look, right now you've really been targeting the 6th, 7th grader demographic. There's a lot of 8th graders who want in on this, but you haven't made the right friends in the right places. We're going to put you Mm -hmm. in these extracurriculars. Mm -hmm. Do you think this mom is pissed because he wouldn't sell her one? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) When she slips up, she always needs one in the back pocket. (laughs) She's like, I've asked him before. They're singing along in the car and she she lets one go. Wait, that definitely, that might be the variable pricing. People who just want to buy it for during song use. Mm. That should be cheaper. Upper upper range should be for hate crimes. (laughs) Okay, should we read the answer to this one? Yeah, let's see what Karen Feeding has to say. While I certainly understand why you are embarrassed and disappointed, it's difficult to prevent kids from using inappropriate language in general, and it's not surprising that a black child would feel a sense of ownership and or entitlement to use the word as he sees fit in spite of what his parents say, especially considering that you will never have the same relationship to the terms that he does. There is also something hilarious and brilliant, if also naive and short-sighted, about him getting paid for something that was going to happen anyway. What Martin must understand is that while some of his classmates have played along with the charade, none of them who purchased these passes were actually waiting for anyone's permission to say the N-word. Furthermore, as they are able to access the experiences that come with being a N-word, he ought to spend some serious time considering that while he can pretend as though he is giving his friends access to have one of the fun parts of being black, they will be spared the disenfranchisement and toll that comes with this identity, which should bother him. Why do these kids want to use that word so badly, and how would he feel if other black people, especially particularly black elders, heard them speaking in such a way. The current socio-political climate offers no shortage of examples as to why white people do not deserve the privilege of using the N-word, nor the ability to decide that black people should be able to use it. You have every right to ban it in your home and to teach your kids that it's an ugly word with an ugly history. However, black people have an infinitely more complex relationship to the term, and he'll have to learn how to grapple with that without doing something that could cause harm to other black folk and or his friends who were waiting for permission to use it. Hopefully, there is a black adult in Martin's life, a godparent, a neighbor, whom he is close enough to that they can help you with this conversation. It sounds like Martin needs a reminder as to how N-words are treated by our society. Wait, why did they take less letters out, or more letters out that time? That is weird. Every other time they've been writing the N-word, they did N-dash. This time they did N-dash-dash. Weird. Um, Okay, all right. Are treated by our society and why he has very little to gain and a lot to lose from cheapening his people's experiences to make a quick buck. It would be ideal for him to hear that from someone who has experienced the anti-blackness that brought the world to life in the first place. Your son must understand that regardless of how much he trusts these white friends of his who are so eager to use the N-word in front of him, that they'll pay for the privilege. Empowering them to do so is a betrayal of the black folks who would be upset at such a thing, aka the majority of black people. Find out how other black kids at his school have reacted to this business as there may need to be some healing done. Also, what is Barton's relationship to them? If he and his sister are not regularly finding themselves in a community with children who look like them, then that is something you'll have to address. Black kids who don't have healthy social interactions with other black kids have a world of trouble waiting for them. As far as folks who purchase the pass, tell their parents ASAP. Good luck to whomever has to explain to those kids why they can't say the N-word, which again, they were probably saying as they saw fit any damn way. And good luck to you. Oh, dropping a D-word. For this isn't an easy challenge to deal with. Oh, and donate the money to a bail support fund for Black Lives Matter protesters or another organization that is doing anti-racist work. Oh, you called that. Yeah. Well, don't don't donate to BLM. I think they have some funny business going on with their finances, but... Wait for next week's episode where Adrian will be apologizing for that. Hey, come on now. That's a, that's that's well known. Find out how other kids have been feeling about this who are black because there may need to be some healing done. What is the healing that they're going to do for them? Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, apologies maybe from the kids. Mm. Man, that seems like a damn full-time job to have to track down the black kids at his school to help them You're heal. doing investigative then, journalism at that point, yeah. And then you also have to track down all the white kids and their parents 
who he sold the Edward Pass to, which, by the way, he sold a thousand, he sold a thousand dollars worth of them at fifty to twenty dollars, which means there is like, do the math. There's like forty kids out there. That's a lot of work. I don't know. You're really gonna find each one and tattle on your child. And then what if they want their money back? That's less that you have to donate to BLM. Oh, that's true. Well, that's when you let them. That's when you make a blanket statement that we're gonna donate all the money that you got. Oh, with a ten percent like fee for processing. Call. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, I we are donating that money. <laughs> Who are these other middle schoolers that have fifty dollars to spare on Venmo? Kids are different nowadays. I'll tell you what. They're built different these days. I'll tell you what. <laughs> How much in this economy do you think a cracker pass goes for? Uh, I don't know, but that's a good point. You know, it's funny to me because I was listening to um uh Hassan Piker on a podcast recently, and uh, since he wasn't on Twitch, he was free to drop the cracker word, and he was taking advantage of that. I'll tell you what, and good for him. <laughs> it's ridiculous that Twitch tried to ban him for uh, saying cracker on stream. I think both our columns had this veneer of like something wrong is going on, but it's like a very understandable wrong where you shouldn't make a moral judgment. You should explain to the person what happened and why it's wrong and hurtful, not go into it with this like you're a don't moralize about it. I don't think this kid, how she, the mother, while writing in. I don't think her attitude of moralizing his behavior, like, oh, I didn't, I thought he was a good kid. Now I've realized he's a bad kid. I think that's completely unfair. Explain to him what he mm. did was hurtful and put a kibosh on Oh, yeah, I think that's it. dumb. Same with your column about, like, I wouldn't moralize about, like, oh, you're trying to hurt me or you're a bad person for getting my gifts on deals. But, like, mm. it needs to stop for these reasons. I think... The, kind I mean, of like a through line between these two columns and like how you kind of have to see where the other person's coming from like this kid's he's a kid he's trying to be funny with his friends he's like he's well, joking one of the around we should talk he's, more he's, about he's making money one of the things we should talk more about is that you know i know we don't have justin on this episode but i think a child psychiatrist would probably say for behaviors that are undesirable you want to offer them an alternative so we have to give them another way to make big bank mm. but in a ethically okay way uh, and I, oh. I I sort of got at that earlier, but Paul, you, you got to give him some ideas though. Then, if if you're not gonna let him make money this way, yeah, let him open up a uh... sports betting. Let him bet on the ponies. Mm-hmm. All right, Adrian, are you ready to get into the third segment? I am. Yeah, uh, I did not pre-read this article, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, you don't need to because for this third segment, we're gonna do a topical tip. Based on the Cuts article, meet the people working three jobs to afford Erewhon. Uh, so it was just a Cut article that recently grabbed my attention, and I feel like uh, the three people talked about in this article, they could use our guiding hand in this podcast. So we're going to put out some good vibes out there and hopefully uh, bring these people to the light, Adrian. Or mm -hmm. maybe our advice is keep on doing what you're doing. Don't let people shame you. Maybe, I guess. I don't know about this $20 smoothie here. Okay, so here are some select quotes, a little bit of reading through the article to catch people up on the gist of it. Spencer, 23, makes roughly $40,000 annually as a freelance voiceover artist, content creator for a hummus company, <laughs> and college essay tutor, forcing nice. her to share a carpeted, unair-conditioned apartment in Brentwood with a roommate. Yet, she is not willing to give up one luxury, Erewhon. Each week, she spends between $50 and $75, though sometimes she admits as much as $200 at the Colt high-end health store in LA, which has also become a social scene attracting TikTok wellness influencers and health nuts. Uh, some of the products they mention in the article that people can buy from Erewhon, or that specifically Spencer does, French Squirrels Bisou, a mm. nutritious version of Puppy Chow for $9, a Keto Brownie, uh, that's five bites for $10 and a package of three peanut butter filled dates for $8. Jesus. <laughs> she says, I've made jokes about how no matter what, it's always in my budget, even though I'm a starving artist and it's become my identity to shop at Erewhon. Spencer also pays $200 a year for a membership to Erewhon, which includes one free monthly smoothie. Jesus. 
some more description of products you can get at Erewhon. Colorful, if not somewhat perplexing products like $40 Neptune Blue Sea Moss Gel and $11 Pea Flower and Turmeric Bread. Uh, so this is a writer just kind of describing shopping with Spencer. She leads me to the produce section and points to a 16-ounce container of crimson strawberries, which costs $24. I would never buy that, Spencer insists. Actually, I used to buy Cut Up Free sometimes. <laughs> she just immediately goes back on it. But then she makes sure to remind us, but that's when I was dating my ex-boyfriend, and he would buy salmon for his dog here. Jeez. The store has become a fixture on social media, earning regular place on Dumois' Sunday Spotted, and has capitalized on the hype, partnering with Halle Berry, Bella Hadid, and Kourtney Kardashian to craft signature smoothies, priced just under $20, and boasting ingredients like mesquite, chlorella, spirulina, and vanilla collagen. Erewhon's pronounced dating culture also lends to its cachet it's like tinder for groceries says adam shapiro 65 who goes there for <laughs> wait no That's so awesome. who goes there for soup hey come on now you gotta find someone who loves soup as much as you do 65 year old adam shapiro is going there for soup I have friends there in their 30s. It's because it's a pickup place for young, good-looking, fit people who want to hook up. Spencer concurs. Every time I go, I make it a point to look really cute because it's obviously a dream to meet my future husband while at Irawan. For her, it's a love language. There's Ugh. this boy in San Francisco, and he texted me yesterday and said, can you ship me the peanut butter? I would literally pay you. She says, gesturing to the wall of $30 nut butters before us. I'm seeing someone else, so I don't think I can do that. I think that's emotionally cheating. Well, obviously. The next person they talk about after Spencer, Latin, who is more sympathetic because their big concern is they have health issues. Mm-hmm. They feel like buying all this organic food uh, will help their health issues. So a more sympathetic character. Latin, who lives with her parents while she builds her caseload as a therapist, guesses she spends around $125 per week at Erewhon, separate from other miscellaneous groceries. Jesus. And the third person they talk about is Luba Kaplanskia. Wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I, I think of people who spend $20 on a vodka soda at the clubs every weekend. Who's charging 20 bucks for a vodka soda? I've been at some pretty expensive, like, spots. I think in LA, I could imagine that. That seems like a straw man to me. But I'd rather pay $18 for a smoothie that's going to fuel my body and give me nutrients in lieu of the drink. Mm. Luba Kaplanskia lives with her parents, and works part-time jobs in marketing at a law firm and as a nanny. However, the 25-year-old, who reports an income of roughly $50,000, believes life is about luxury, and that Erewhon allows you to feel luxurious no matter your income. I love to take Erewhon when I'm flying, because I freaking fly economy, but I'm on a private jet anywhere, she says. To just be in a comfortable sweatsuit or a Lulu fit and then have Erewhon, I feel like I'm worth a billion dollars. Kaplanskia used to go to Erewhon more frequently while she was babysitting. I get reimbursed for anything that I buy during my time with the kids, so I would give her one sip of the $16 smoothie and then charge it to the parents, she says. They actually told me to stop shopping at Erewhon because it was too expensive. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> she just admitted to committing fraud on these people she was yeah. like <laughs> and then she's putting her picture up on this thing andrea hernandez founder and self-described cult leader of an online food and beverage community describes erwan as affordable affluence a way for regular people to position themselves adjacent to the upper class those who know about erwan are in the know they get to signal that if you know you know adrian hmm Hernandez insists that the store is a place for everyone to feel a part of something, especially during fraught times. Maybe you can't afford to have a house because of the housing crisis and inflation and everything is so expensive, but you have Erewhon. It's literally buying into the avocado toast meme, but I guess with reverse causality? I don't know. Back at the Erewhon smoothie counter, a muddy green concoction awaits Spencer. She gingerly takes a sip of her drink. Her face contorts in disgust. That's literally heinous, she says, retching. It's like a combination of dirt water and grass on your shoes. She offers me a sip. It tastes like kale juice poured over a chalky mixture of vitamins and topped off with a few drops of peppermint oil. 
Knowing me, I'm going to go to my car and make a TikTok reviewing it, she says. As I prepare to drive off, I see Spencer stationed in her car, retrying her smoothie for the camera. She repeats the same process as before, coughing and fanning her face. Not to be dramatic, but this was horrible, she reports to her followers. Well, at least she's being honest, I guess. So, AJ, do you have advice for these people who have to work multiple jobs to afford their Erewhon? <laughs> You've been to this place. I haven't. Is it worth it? Oh, I've never been to this place. It's in LA. Oh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was like a West Coast thing. You guys don't have it out San Francisco way? No, I don't think so. It's It makes me sad. And also, it makes me feel a little bit like, hey, to all the people who are like overly mean about Trader Joe's moms, like at least it's like a reasonable place to shop. Like, come yeah, on. Like, you're paying regular prices. Yeah, this seems like, I don't know, I was never a Whole Foods guy, and we don't have a Whole Foods in Davis anymore. They closed like the first year I was here, and uh, we have the Nugget which is a similar type of thing. Uh, I'll go there sometimes when I'm li- uh, living at my advisor's house, house-sitting for him, because it's the closest grocery store. And I'll tell you what, man, I... um, And you can charge I don't it to him. You just feed his dog a sip of that smoothie and then charge it. Mm-hmm. I give the cat a little bit of tahina, and I'm like, <laughs> now I get to charge you for it. Uh, Wait, are we giving advice to the people who shop here? Yeah. There's other ways to feel luxurious, you know? Where you get a, be- a boyfriend... Where are you going to meet you know, a fellow TikTok star that, coupling? Okay, go there and buy an orange. Because, like, I believe in the fact that, like, the grocery store is a weirdly romantic place. People do actually meet at grocery stores way more than you think they do. Really? I've never talked to anybody for longer than, like, a one or two phrase thing at a grocery store. Yeah, but you're, like, a little meanie. Like, no one wants to talk to you. Like, it's like with the dog. Oh, I'm sorry I'm not harassing women. I'm sorry I'm not harassing women in front of the bread aisle, Adrian. You know I don't stand in the bread aisle. That's death to me. <laughs> That's why you stand there. to remi- It's like how some people enjoy being a graveyard. It reminds them of their own mortality. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that, actually. Every time I see the lavash, I'm like, oh, couldn't be me. I think that part of it's fine if you... It- I don't I don't get the twenty dollars smoothie. It is one of those things where my brain my brain goes straight boomer. It's just like I don't understand ain't no smoothie worth twenty dollars. I understand it's a top shelf smoothie, but also apparently tastes bad. I don't know. I would recommend, like you said, faking it. Walk in there, just like move some things yeah. around the shelf, put like one thing in your cart, but then be like, Ooh, you know, I'm not eating gluten this week. Actually, I need to put back the spread. Mm-hmm. But then the problem this, is uh, the person walking by is going to be like, wait, we have such a large gluten-free, like, uh, we have a whole aisle of gluten-free bread, <laughs> and then you're going to, mm-hmm. they're still going to upsell you on another bread. Then you have to get the turmeric, pea flour, gluten-free bread. I like the 200, she's paying 200 a year for one smoothie a month. Does that, that works out at, you're getting two smoothies If you get the free. $20 smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. She got the one of the month that was 13 bucks. But what if you miss a it. month? Well, I guess she never does. She's there every day. She's got a whole month to go, yeah. I mean, if you worked at Erewhon, and you got paid by them, and then you you would get to be there all the time mm. to to be seen at Erewhon. Oh, yeah. Why isn't one of your jobs just working at Erewhon? It's too much of a closed economy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. any sense it is... financially. You can't work yeah, there and then pay for the stuff there. That makes sense. There is, like, what, like, four of them? There are four of them? Like two in Boston, two in LA, or something like that. Oh, I I, I don't know. I guess I'll Google Erewhon location: Beverly Hills, Calabasas, mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Culver City, Grove, Ooh. Palisades. Oh, that's Pasadena is coming soon. That's too many. Santa Monica, Silver Lake, Studio City, and Venice. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Way more than I thought. All all clustered around LA. That's where it started. All right, Adrian. Are you ready to wrap up this episode? Yeah. Uh, were we giving advice to anyone on this, or do we give our advice? Mm, dump him, honey. Dump him, honey, withhold sex. As always, the best advice All right, you resting give. on our laurels a lot on this one. A stop shopping at Erewhon? Yeah. Wait. Uh, buy one thing from Erewhon that you use regularly and just keep the container. Get your juice cup from going there once and film your TikToks every day. Like, buy a juice from anywhere else. Refill that cup. Sit Get in your jumbo. car outside of Erewhon with the sign in the back and just make up some bullshit that's in the cup. Be like, oh, today I'm trying the Erewhon blue tea turmeric hot 
latte. Did I tell you about the the sadness that I felt when I went to my local uh, coffee shop that I love and I got the blue jasmine green tea and they were out of the actual like little cute sets that they present you for tea uh, there. And so I got the specifically dyed blue by pea flower tea and he was like, oh, yeah, we're out of the uh, teapot. So I just poured it in a go cup for you. <laughs> well, this is opaque. <laughs> I get very little of the sensation. That's actually like what I'm paying for. Damn. I hate it. Is that a, is that a no cap? Wash your teapots. If, if their smoothie things are opaque and you don't get to see those smoothies, I'd be straight pissed. That would be cool. That would be cool. If they served them hot in the opaque container. <laughs> All right. That brings me to my big fact. Smoothie containers, they've got to be translucent. What are y'all doing out here? That's insane. I think they are. I, I was no, ordering it. I was at Smoothie King yesterday and they give it to you in a styrofoam cup. Wait, oh, yeah. Ooh, real budget pick, Paul. Okay, Smoothie King. Didn't even want to go to an Orange Julius or a Jamba Juice. Uh, my no cap is that any store that does a buy one, get one should do that thing where it's buy one, get one, but also will give you the discount price if you just buy one. Oh, that's so I hate true. It yeah. I hate it when the obligation is that you actually have to buy two. It's like, I don't need to right now. Publix does that for the BOGOs. You can get it half off, but not for the buy two, get one free. You can't get that a third off. Yeah, because it'll be like that for like soda can things. And it's like, those things are like nine bucks now. Like, I don't want to spend 20 bucks to get 30 cans of soda or whatever. Like, I don't know. Anyways. All right. Bye, buddy. All right. Bye, bruh.